do it. Uh, right, so thank you for coming on the podcast, Mr. Punchard. Pleasure. My pleasure. Owner of Punchline Carpentry. Mm. So obviously we've known each other for a, like a year now, isn't it? So ideas and beers. Seems like a lifetime. It does seem like a lifetime. Yeah, it does. Um, if we started off, so for the people listening and the people watching, we are in Punchline HQ um, in Swansea. So do you want to just tell people a little bit about yourself and, well, for how we met first of all, and then obviously we'll uh, get your uh, get your story then the juicy details. Yeah, sure. Mm. I think I think we first met on a night out with Flicker Light. Did we? Yeah, we did. Flicker we did Light. actually. We did. And I think we kind of knew of each other, mm. and then at the end of the night, after a few beers, we just clicked and started talking. Mm. And then uh, I think Jordan Thomas. Uh, yeah, shout JT. Out to shout out to JT. Um, I think he sort of. He lives on the corner from me, mm. got a lot of mutual friends, and I think he sort of started going on about the ideas and beers, and I should come. So we came to the first one, and I think after that, we just stood around for about an hour, maybe just chatting, yeah, all yeah. sorts of stuff. <laughs> and then I think it just sort of, we swapped numbers, I think it just got going from there. And, and, and this is what we've said about uh, the, the podcast today as well, and we've, we've kind of got some talking points, so we're not... Uh, not just chatting shit about aliens and going off on a bit of a tangent too yeah. much. I think so. we'll be here for a bit longer than that. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. yeah, I think we're going to be here for about six months. Um, yeah, yeah, so it's been a very fast year. Um, I feel like we've done a lot together already. Mm. Um, that, type of, that type of person to me is like open-minded. Let's go up Penavan for a walk tomorrow morning. So yeah, okay, let's do it. Let's That's just, it. And you know, you, let's just... You've got around people like that as well. I mean, like that's you know with you as well. Like you, I think you, you suggested it, didn't you, about the penny man? And I was like, fuck yeah, let's do it. Do you know what I mean? I think anything like that, I love doing. So it's just you've got around the people around you that do that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's been a pleasure. Open minded, <laughs> indeed. That's what it's got to be. Yeah. Um. So you want to know background? Yeah. yeah. So what? Uh, obviously, punchline HQ. I know you can only see the office and whatever the minute, but. Like what's what's the story throughout the day? So where, when did where did you start out? Like with carpentry, what was like the you know, what made you want to go into it to start off and then what's come since? Um, well, I started straight from school, uh, went to Swansea College uh, for a scholarship in rugby. Didn't really work out because I didn't turn up to my classes. I'd rather be in the gym doing some weights and sitting in a cafe having some breakfast. So I kind of got kicked off or just before I was going to get kicked off the course, I decided that nah, sports science was not for me. Mm. So um, having strong rugby connections, my one of the guys I used to play with, his father was a manager for a company, um, and I applied for, for an apprenticeship, and the apprenticeship um, interview pretty much just went and just chatted rugby the whole way through it, so that was pretty good. So we had the job from there, but I never really, I never really enjoyed it because hmm. we weren't making um, bespoke things; it was pretty much just prefabricating buildings. Hmm. So I never enjoyed it. So. Fast track a couple of years, stuck it out, went through the apprenticeship, got all the paperwork, um, so on and so forth. And then I remember uh, I started riding bikes at Mountain Bikes, BMX Bikes, and went to Barcelona, um, La Poma, dirt track up there, mm. and fell off and bust my knee up quite bad. Mm. And I had to have uh, surgery as an ACL reconstruction. Uh, yeah, so I had the uh, ACL reconstruction, and then I'm, lo- I'm sitting there and thinking, like, God, I got nothing. Like, I've got literally no job because mm. um, I didn't really care about it. I didn't really learn a lot. It was just sort of Monday to Friday. I didn't really lock into it. Just turn up, do as minimum as possible, and then leave. So I, I thought, mm, kind of can't. I'm not good enough to go back and be in employment for anybody. Mm. So what am I gonna do? So I thought I'll just start 
by myself and um, try to learn as much as possible and do it. Mm. But I started with £200 in my pocket. And I started it with £200 in my pocket and I thought, what do I need? Branding, t-shirts, uh, business cards, um, signs, logos, that kind of stuff. So I spent 150 quid mm. on getting that stuff sorted, which left me 50 quid cash flow. Mm. So I had to start off doing the smaller jobs, the in and out does to try and build up the cash flow to keep going. Mm. Um, yeah, so it was very, very tough first couple of years. Like the, the mental warfare that goes into it, rushing around trying to get jobs done here, there and everywhere. So that's how we kind of started it. That's where it came from. And working out in the back of the van, you've got mm. to deal with the elements of the weather, that typical Welsh weather or UK weather in general, which rains probably like 90% of the time. Yeah. So I decided then, um, I got quite friendly with a couple of joiners, mm. um, Greg Phillips and Andrew, Andrew Metcalf. Um, got quite friendly with them and they kind of like just showed me the joinery side of it, which made me want to get my own workshop. Mm. And unfortunately, my own workshop was the front. We were renovating um, one of the properties that my dad got left. It was my grandfather's property. So as we were renovating that, I used the front room as a workshop. Mm. And there's a video popped up, uh, I think it was four years ago. Yeah. And it was like the smallest, no bigger than this like um, office here. And we just started making things, like just playing around, making like furniture, tables, like TV units and stuff like that. And it's just evolved from there. Like it's just, thankfully hard work does slowly pay off. No yeah. matter how hard you go in, even if it's just like a little step every day, you will you know, do well and you get there. But now we have the third workshop, which mm. is a nice size. I know, unfortunately, the, the people listening and watching can't really see the size of it. It's not the biggest workshop in the mm. world, but it's good enough for me at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So it's brought us pretty much, um, this is our sixth year. Mm. Um, still going. <laughs> still going. So much we're doing something good. It's half good. right. Um, yeah, it's good. You meet some interesting people along the way. Um, some really good, diverse projects. Mm. And it's, every everyone's different as well. We do bespoke, bespoke stuff. That's what I was going to say. Obviously, yeah, because you, you mentioned about the joinery stuff and stuff that you started with the piddly, you know, jobs and what. Obviously, I know, I know, I know this already. There, but you've kind of evolved it into what the stuff that you kind of you, you love doing now, I suppose, isn't it? which you, you know you pick and choose almost, isn't it? The stuff that you uh, the stuff that you want to do and the stuff that actually makes you kind of happy. I suppose is that a good way of putting it? Or uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Mm. It's, it's point is doing something if it doesn't make you happy. Yeah. And I mean, what I call carpentry bashing, just doing like your basic, your laminate flooring or your hanging doors or your skirt mm. and stuff like that. It wasn't really giving me anything. It wasn't mm. really testing me and it's going to work every day. You know, just going for the phases. Mm. I think as soon as you start um, being more creative and using your sort of artistic approach, mm. uh, that's when I started enjoying it more. And yeah. I thought that's the route that I want to go down. But it's a hard market mm. in this part of the world. It's, um, it's very tricky to try and... Yeah, sell things to people sometimes. But how many people in, let's say, Swansea, for example, would you say there are like you in terms of like bespoke carpentry, you know, and the kind of stuff that you're the area or the, of the market that you're targeting? Do you know what I mean? Um, to be fair, there's a couple. Mm. There's quite a few. Um, some very good. Some very. I, I think like Swansea's got some brilliant um, carpenters and tradesmen in general. Mm. It's hard sometimes having so many good people in such a small in such a small area. Yeah, yeah. But it does also keep you on your toes. It keeps the competition, um, which is what you want. So you can't really afford to have a slack week mm. because you know so and so down the road might pick that job up and then mm. they're away to go. Like so, 
they're saying this if you give them an inch they'll take a mile so yeah but there are some very good people mm-hmm. in and around Swansea and in, in, in Wales in general to be fair and how long have you been doing it do you say now then so is it all together since you've like the apprenticeship or since you've started like Fourteen years. Fourteen is it? Fourteen years. Yeah. How long was that? Twenty-nine. Twenty-nine. Yeah. Or is it? Is it fourteen years? Something like that. Yeah. I mean, it went bad. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, right. What was it? <laughs> uh, what's your nickname? Tell for the people listening as well. What's your nickname? What's your self-proclaimed nickname? Um, so <laughs> the Wolf of Wood. Starting off as a bit of a joke, um, just by sort of distance myself, going for a bit of a tough time, distance, distance myself from people, mm. um, want to be on my own. And then I sort of like wolves can either be a, a lone creature or, or part of the pack, so they can work in both ways. But I just find it quite a mysterious um, creature as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and not only that, they live in the woods, <laughs> which is great. And it just kind of stuck. It's a bit of a laugh, really, but it's kind of stuck. And, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's fitting, though, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I get people going, oh, my God, it's the wolf of wood. Like, oh, God, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool, though. No, I like it. I think it's really, really good. It, it, you know, and the, and the name of the company as well, obviously, it, like when we were going to tell people where that came from, yeah. I'm guessing. So, uh, my last name's Punch-Out. Yeah. <laughs> um, pretty much, I don't even remember, I think it was like the second name that I thought of. Right. So, I thought of it in my head and I wanted something that was different because it's all about the branding uh, mm-hmm. reasons for it. So, I didn't want to have like Chad Punch-Out Carpentry or something along that line. I wanted to have something that wasn't necessarily my name, mm. but was quite a powerful, um, quite a powerful word mm. that was straight to the point. Mm. So then I started writing some things down. Um, and like I said, like probably the second one, written down just as a word, yeah. Jeremy. And I looked, I thought, okay, that sounds pretty good. But then I started saying it out loud and looking in the mirror and thinking, punchline. That's got a bit of a, it, yeah. it just stuck and it was like one word, bang, job done. So I started writing different fonts. Pretty much made my first logo mm. and I thought it was pretty cool. So I went with it and I think I rocked that for maybe a year and a half, two years. Mm. And I thought, no, it's not cutting it anymore. Mm. So I called a good friend, uh, Hassan Kamil, mm. to um, do me a logo and he came up with a new one and I loved it. So he said, be creative, do your thing. Mm. And to be fair, he, he delivered. Good, 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 it, yeah. And this is the one you've got now then, is it? This is what we've got now, yeah. Yeah. Maybe uh-huh. we'll uh, people watch and let me get There's one here. That's a terrible Is that the one? Good, yeah. It's That's one. Pretty much just a test that was burnt. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you can see that. Obviously, for the guys listening, not watching, I'm sorry. But you're going to have a look on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, it's a cool little And like you said, it's straight, it is literally straight to the point, isn't it? Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's one word. Do you know what, when it comes up with names, it's one of the hardest things sometimes in business. So to hit them, you know, in the set, like the second one, I think I think you know when you're gonna when you hit one, and it's like, yeah, this this is the one. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's people struggle with this so much. Like one of the uh, the things I always give as a uh, like advice for picking a name is, you know, getting a bit of paper. You probably did this yourself. Getting a bit of paper and just writing down all the words that are coming to your head. So I call it like word association. So if I'm in a room like this now. You know, if I'm like with one of the companies I set up, better gentleman. It's obviously it's clothes for men. Um, you know, and we're doing it in Kamalin. So I thought, well, those are the kind of the factors that you know. So you know, there's words that go into that. Then, so you know, you've got clothing, you've got garments, you've got men, man, whatever, all, all sorts of things. Um, but I just got a bit of paper and just started writing down every word that was coming to my head. So all of the stuff in this room, I'd be like light, calendar, wall, wood. Even if even if it's completely irrelevant, it's like 
you know, your, your, your eyes are seeing things, they're picking it, you're making, you're interpreting that into what you call it, you know, what you would call it, so it's interpreting it as, you know, like a, th a certain thing, it's a fly on the drink, you know what I mean? Um, interpreting whatever you see into an actual word, but once you've written that down, it's almost like it's out of your brain then, mm -hmm. so you're like, you're getting your creative juices flowing, and yeah. you know, and you, you're, like I just find that, you know, once you've put like about 30, 40 words on a page, uh, but all of the like, ones which you know are not going to be it, and then ones which are a bit so closely associated, you can start to marry them up and stuff. And that's why I found there's always a really good way of coming up with a name. But it does help if you've got a few of you bouncing ideas back. And I suppose you're, I mean, I'm guessing you did yours pretty much by yourself then, did you? Or yeah, I've done a lot of it by myself. I think it's very important to um, ask people that generally don't know about your craft, your trade, your, yeah. your line of work, because sometimes we tend to think we know exactly what we're looking for mm. but then people that might not be that well educated on that subject mm. might not have a clue mm. so I, I done probably like what what animal would you associate with with carpentry or wood yeah so we get stuff like owls wolves foxes mm. um wood lice stuff like that yeah where i was thinking more the first thing that people would probably think of is maybe a bear or like uh like a beaver or something like you know so it's interesting to see what the general public think mm. so it's definitely worth doing a poll yeah yeah and find out that way like. it's part of your market research isn't it like yeah. i think it's you know market research is one of the hardest things about setting up a business as well as the name you know and i think it's i you know people don't do enough of it sometimes do you know what i mean i think people will when they go into a business especially if you like you know with yourself yourself now you kind of you know, you know the the trade, the skill. You know what you're doing in terms of the job. Um, so like market research for you would have probably been like you, you already know certain bits and bobs, but it's still important to go out there and to like like you said like do a poll on name and to see what the associations are and you know and things like that because essentially the cut they are your customers. Do you know what I mean the people yeah. who are there and their perception of things is important. Do you know what I mean so if you can like you said if you're people are thinking owls are closely so associated with wood for example and you put owls within your branding sometimes that can have like a you know a positive impact isn't it do you know what i mean um i don't know but yeah market research is incredibly important with whatever business you're going into like i definitely didn't do enough of it with some of my businesses so that's what i did <laughs> yeah. mm. so obviously to, you know in terms of what you've got to today now where i've got to today like You've mentioned about some of the hard times and all that kind of stuff. Like, what would you say in terms of like, when 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 do you recognise that you've when when you recognise that you're you're going into a bit of a sticky period essentially, and that you need to change something? Like, what would you say is a not so much a trigger point, but when you have the realization that you've got you know you just, things need to change? I think you just lose your creativity. Yeah. You just get slower. Things that normally come to plan like the flash, just mm. it's just not there. You sort of lose your mojo. You get probably. A little bit more tired. It's just all the buttons that are like that you need to. I'm sorry, not the buttons, but everything is telling you stop, rest, and recover, mm. and then go again. Mm. But we sort of live in a society where everything is a hundred mile an hour all mm. the time, and it's not good for us. It's not good for us. It's, it's very damaging, and I think it's important that we have our little our breaks mm. um, to appreciate the things that we have. Because we're constantly striving for the next thing, and I'm very guilty of it. Because mm. I'm just driven. It's just the way um, you and I are, and a lot of other people are. Most people in the world are very, very driven, mm. and we all get caught up in it. And I think it's very important to just take a breath and step back. Yeah. And um, otherwise, otherwise you'll have a meltdown. And once you have a meltdown, it's hard. It's hard to come back from it. Yeah. Um, I would definitely recommend people just listen to yourself. 
Mm. Um, listen to your gut, listen to people around you, and just have that little um, little time off and stuff. But it's all about people say it's about balance. Mm. I think imbalancing mindset and well being is very very great. But balance in business, mm. it, there's no such. I I personally don't think there's such a thing because if in business you have a goal where you want to be somewhere within, um, we all have it. Like I want to be here in so many years. The only way you're going to get there in so many years if you go for hell for leather mm. and just get sort of blindsided and just go for it. Mm. So you're not going to sort of have as much rest and recovery as what some people that might be more mindful and think, oh man, I'm happy, I'm just going to chill and I'm going to go to the beach or like climb a tree or something like which is which is cool. Um, I'm not sure where to go with that now. I'm just going off on a massive tangent. <laughs> the, yeah. That's where we got the talking points actually, is we don't go on a tangent. Yeah. No, I get what you I get what you're saying. I do get what you're saying. Yeah, it's you know, like like when you recognise you're having that period, I think what a lot of us tend to do is we try and push through it. You know, we try and go, well actually, you know, like I'm you know, things are you almost like you almost got like, oh well in I've got a month's time I'm going on holiday, or in three weeks' time or five you know, six months time I've got this significant event or this thing which is going on or whatever. And I think you kind of look forward to that. But I think what's important is like not having these big breaks like what you know, go hell for leather and then have these big breaks. I think you can do that. I think there's there's nothing wrong with that, um, with a lot of people. But I think it's more important and more beneficial to have smaller micro breaks like throughout the year and you know yeah. throughout the week even yeah. then you know and then maybe you have these bigger breaks like you would maybe go away for two weeks where your phone's completely off and you're almost having like this if you like solitary you know not solitary yeah not solitary confinement that's <laughs> not the right one um, solitude where you get away from it yeah, you, you, yeah you have a solitude from the yeah. business and from all yeah. the craziness of it and stuff and I know it's difficult when you're running a business because you've got to you got to be on, you know, on call almost, having you. Do you know what I mean? But it's if you're t- still taking, if you take a step back, if you're able to get somebody to uh, take over or manage, and you know, or if you set line, like line things up so that you're you're not really needed during the period where you can afford to do that for like a week or two every year or something. But yeah, I think the smaller breaks are very important, and this is what I've realised. Obviously, we've go to the we've been sea dipping and stuff like that. You know, there's small things that you can do literally just before you go to work. You know, sea dip having a coffee, you know, and you're not thinking about work at that point and you're not thinking about what's going on, you might actually find, and you like you said about your creativity, I think those are the periods where you tend to have the best ideas ideas as well when, you know, you're not consciously thinking about what's to come with work yeah. and all, what you need to do, yeah. you know, and that's when your subconscious, I suppose, kicks in and if you, know, you naturally start to come up with these creative ideas and these visions and these things that you want to do. Yeah, but it's also, like you said, it is... It's a chill period as well. It's that micro break, which really allows you to balance yourself out in your uh, your mindset. Absolutely. Mm. So everybody, take a break. Listen, listen to yourself and mm. just listen to your body and just take a break. It's good for you. It'd be interesting to talk more. But when you know, you know, when 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 is it? You know, like I know you said, like when you're running hundred miles an hour, it's like, like I, I think more. Of, I think you need to slow down more often just to realize when you've when you're going too healthy leather and when you need that break. I think that's. Like, I suppose, I suppose, yeah, if you're doing things like that in the morning, like, I don't know, like, see death, run, you know, or, like, med- meditation, it doesn't work for everybody, do you know what I mean? But sometimes meditation can do it. And I think just having those periods, like, I suppose that, you know, you're slowing it down enough to realise if you're going too hard at, th- at life, almost. Yeah. yeah. I think everybody's different. Everyone, yeah. There's no, there's no set goal. Um, there's no sort of reset button that is communal for everybody. I think mm. everybody's different. And you'll only learn 
when you burn out. Yeah. So it's almost as if you have to burn out mm. to feel what it's like. Yeah. But once you burn out, you've really got to feel it and take it in and think, I'm not doing that again. Yeah. Not doing it again. I was reading something the other day, I can't remember where I came across this too, but it was saying, you know, when you're going through pain or you're going through like, um, I don't know, either it's grief or like um, if somebody's died or whatever, you know, things like that, you're going through emotions, it's good to really feel them. Yeah. Really good to feel that emotion and not to like try and block it out, yeah. which is a lot of people do. Like you see these people, you know, people who will go straight back to work after they've you know a death in family, for example, because they feel like work's going to take their mind off it, which is good. You know what I mean? I think that is good, and a lot of people do need that. But at the same time, going through the the, the cycles of grief is very very important because it's a, it's almost a growth process, isn't it? It makes you who you are now. Yeah, yeah. It molds you for who you're supposed to be. Hundred percent. Yeah. And like you say, people hide away from it or might go um, down drinking or taking drugs or like a reckless route because they can't deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, they, you know, you should. Everybody deals with things differently. Yeah. You should really feel it. Yeah. And you do. You come out on the other side. You know, it makes you it makes you a better person moving forward. And I th- I'd imagine as well. Like I'm again, I'm not a psychologist, so I don't know if this is you know it's going to leave mental scarring. You know, what whatever happens, it's going to leave you know uh, some sort of a mental scar there. But I'd imagine if you would really deal with it and you feel the, the pain and you go through the cycles of grief and you, you know, you, know, you are, you know, you're crying when you need to, you're having as much time off as you need to and things and you're going through that cycle and like you said, really feeling it. I think you probably have less pr- repression over it. There's probably less, you know, like the mental scarring is there, but it's not something which you swept under the rug, which is going to really have like a subconscious impact on you later in life. Because I think we've all got stuff like that. You know, if we actually delved into it, there's probably little things like, you know, well, there's, there's, you know, everyone's like a formed by different things which happen to the child. Which you don't, we don't even know. You know what I mean? We don't even realize half the time. Um, but I think, like you said, it is important to have those to take it on board and really feel it. Yeah, it's good to talk as well. Yeah, I've never been a talker, and you'd be surprised how many of us are essentially faking it around people, especially nowadays because you've got the Instagram life where everything's perfect mm-hmm. and this and the other, and everybody's going through something mm. and as soon as you sort of stand up and be that person it's like do you know what I'm not okay or something's happened yeah. or are you okay you look a bit down mm. why are you down what's going on mm. and I think it takes a lot as soon as you start speaking you find that other people will confide in you and think oh do you know what this guy's pretty cool and he's not full of shit and mm. you're gonna like you're gonna talk to him because he's going through it or she's going through it or this that and the other like, so a lot of people are going through the same things um, and it, it sort of seems to be unfortunately trending mm. it does but just be cool. Just talk. Like social media, like I, I think I've spoke about this. Everything we spoke, I spoke about this in the last podcast as well. Social media has such an impact on people, which we don't even, we don't even realize. Like Cameron, actually, Cameron Steer. I mean, I'm pretty sure he was talking about this. Um, you know, he was saying something like, "It's we don't know what social media is yet. I don't know if he's got this from somebody else, maybe as well. But he, we, we don't really know what social media is. Like we know we know how to use it." Mm-hmm. You know, we understand what you know how to use the the mechanics of it, but it's still such a new concept. Like the internet in itself is only I don't know what 30, 40 years old, maybe a bit longer than that. I don't know, but you know, in terms of the modern day internet, in terms of like smartphones and all that kind of stuff, you're talking 14, 15 years. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a long time in terms of like evolution of the world. You know, to adopt to something such a big shift um, in in the world and into our day to day lives. It's, it's very, very difficult. I think it's going to be, uh, you know, like we, we feel like we're dealing with it well, perhaps, but I think it'd be interesting to see, you know, in 
20, 30 years time, like any kind of studies that are going on right now into people's mindsets yeah. and to the long-term impacts of extended social media use. Like I know dopamine production is one of them, where they'll, you know, when you, you get the notification, you get that dopamine hit. Uh, the same as if you were to take, you know, take drugs or drink, you know, have a drink and stuff, you get that dopamine hit. Oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you get that dopamine rush, that dopamine hit, and even if it's in small doses, the same as if you buy something. I think that's when you, I'm pretty sure you release dopamine, you buy yeah. things or when you, you yeah, we'll do stuff like that. But when we get notifications, that's what it happens. We're getting these little doses of dopamine all of the time. And Simon Sinek talks about this. This is where I got that from. But he, he literally says, you know, if you're doing that constantly, constantly getting dopamine hits, it becomes addictive. You know, that's why social media is addicted. That's why, you know, drugs and things are addictive because you, you're addicted to those dopamine hits, that yeah. feeling. Um, but when you're not getting it, you know, when you're not getting those, those likes on your photo, when you're not getting those notifications of the messages and all that kind of stuff, you actually start to feel depressed. You know, you start to feel a bit down and you're like, oh my God, why isn't like people liking my photo? And I think this is where you see a lot of people now will take down a photo if it doesn't get to a certain amount of likes. Yeah. And and I'm guilty of this myself as well. And if, if, I, if I put something up and I'm not getting that many likes, I, I, I get the thought. I'm like, you know, and I probably challenge myself on it. I'm like, why are you fucking thinking this now? Like, you know, it's if, if you just put, if I'm putting something up, like I'm putting it up and I, I, I do it with intent now. I'm not just putting something up for the sake of posting it. I'm putting it up because I want to send a message or just showcase whatever it is. Do you know what I mean? If I'm on a night out, whatever. But I think I'm doing things more consciously now. And I think, yeah, those, those, just just recognizing the kind of the psychological effect yeah. of what being on your phone I think does it's to you. It's important to is, know that it's all a tool and it's how you use it. Because um, going back to like the early years, learning learning how other people do it so constantly looking like how's this person like doing this sort of job how's this one doing that one interacting seeing how like what tools they've got what bands they've got and sometimes you kind of you compete against people and mm -hmm. you're thinking well why has this person got this that and the other and i'm working just as hard but i haven't got it mm -hmm. everybody's got different factors mm -hmm. everybody's got different backgrounds and different circumstances mm -hmm. so the, the the only thing you can do is focus it's, it's basic knowledge just focus on yourself yeah, yeah and this last nine nine months maybe i've really taken um taken it changed in the way i look at it and i don't really scroll and look what everybody else is doing i still care mm. i'm still interested in what other people are doing but i'm more interested in myself mm. and I, I sort of appreciate what i'm doing more it's not so much it's not even in an arrogant way at all it's like if i let any external factor if I let that factor think that it's better than me, or I, I'm putting that energy up to it, then it's damaging myself. Mm -hmm. So in a way, you've got to kind of like brainwash yourself to think that you are just as good, or if not better than other people. You never say that because yeah. it's just it just helps you mentally. I think it's very important to do that. And what don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Mm -hmm. and just worry about yourself. And I found my work is more productive and more creative, and I'm just getting on with it. And I feel like within the last nine months, a completely different person. Mm. And the amount of things I've done is way more than what I've probably done in the last four and a half years. Mm. And it's just crazy, just the mindset of just thinking, thinking differently, programming. Like, yeah, working on yourself is, uh, is underrated. People feel sometimes, I'd imagine, I don't mind, I might be you know, and shit here, but I think sometimes people feel guilty for working on themselves. I think, I think they feel like they need to, they need to be helping other people they need or, or, or like trying to like serve what their you know perceived hell higher purposes you know higher purposes so if it's 
I don't know, like if you're a counsellor or if you're you know, working in some sort of role where you care for other people, carers, nurses, yeah. things like that, like that is important to help other people. I think it is one of the kind of core meanings of life, really, to give to others who are maybe less fortunate than yourself or less able than yourself. But at the same time, I think like you said, there's four, if you've got to... You've got to focus on yourself to be able to provide to these people in a better way. Yeah. Like you can't strip away so much of yourself that you've got nothing else to give to other people. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people do sometimes. They will give and give and give and give to away to other people, not give themselves, yeah. you know, some time or distance, yeah. whatever they need. Absolutely. You can't you have to be the best version of yourself before you can help anybody else. Because if you're not in a good place and you're investing time in helping a friend or a, a family member you're gonna you're gonna be damaged even more coming out of that. Mm. You need to be in a very good place mentally, um, and physically, going into these situations to help other people because mm. you can't you can't do it. It's, I've done it myself. I've tried to help my friends when mm. I haven't been too good, mm. and you come away you feel even worse. Yeah, yeah. And when you get when you work on yourself and become the better version, helping someone else almost feels more natural yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to cover anything up just to deal with them like, you know? and, and the same could be said about business as well right because a business is an extension of yourself mm-hmm. you know especially if you're with your business now it's you, know, it's you at the helm of it you know if you've got a business with there's a few of you then slightly different you know it's kind of pieces of each of the, the people who have founded yeah. it and run it but essentially if it's just like one of you in the business it is an extension of you so obviously your thought and creativity has brought it to what it is, you know, to, to the point it's at right now. But pardon me, if you like again, if you don't work on yourself, like you know, you, you think sometimes you, you when you're working on the business that you are working on yourself, and I don't think that's necessarily true. Like it is benefiting you to work on the business because you might be generating more income and you know creating more like of a I don't know, a setup for your future and stuff. But I think when you're not taking time for yourself, if you like, whether that's fitness, whether that's you know, like mindfulness and doing those things like that, C dips, whatever you know, whatever your thing is, do you know what I mean? That kind of brings you peace and calms you down, and um, also keeps you fit and healthy and yeah. stuff like that, like diet as well. You know, if you're not looking after yourself in those ways, like the business will suffer for it. The same as I definitely think it's a domino effect. Yeah, yeah. You have to. You have to be firing on all cylinders mm. to make it worthwhile. Um, yeah, you will. You will just lose. You, you feel like you've lost your mojo. Mm. And that Austin Powers film, it's like I've lost my mojo. I never knew what what the hell is mojo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you do. You get to learn what it is. Yeah. And it's it's just the full it's the full package of everything. So very very mm. important to uh, look after yourself. Mm. Mojo is quite closely related to like momentum as well. I think isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Momentum because it's you know it's your energy essentially, but your momentum is 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 key you know I, mean? I think when you start getting gaining momentum like it's good to keep pushing and pushing and pushing but obviously you need that you know you need sustainability within that because like you can ride the momentum wave for weeks months years where you know like i don't know you're getting loads of contracts in with work you know things are really you no know, good really good and you, you get you know you're taking on t- you know your team and you're building up the people which are in um the amount of people working for you like you know, looking for bigger workshops, you know, it obviously respect it's your business, like, but it's, you know, moment, riding that wave of momentum is great, but like you say, you still need to kind of figure out how you can, how you can make it sustainable by taking those little breaks and those little um, yeah. periods to yourself, yeah. whether it is a week away or like just time in the mornings and stuff. Yeah. But in terms of motivation, um, what, 
what motivates, like, what would you say, what motivates you to, like, say, you know, to get up in the morning or to, to keep pushing, like, you know, what was your kind of future plans, what's your goal in terms of where you want to be and what do you think motivates you to do? So I think motivation um, definitely comes from clarity. So you need to see clarity of what you want to do in life. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to do well. I knew I wanted um, the business to be in a certain place, for myself to be in a certain place, this, that, and the other. But I never really knew what direction or set to go. Like, I want to be here at this time, I want to be there at that time. Mm-hmm. So the biggest thing was seeking clarity. Once you see clarity, you get a goal together. Um, you can aim high, start small. Mm-hmm. So, and every single day, work towards that goal. Within six months, you can be 12 months, uh, six months of hard work, you can be 12 months further away than what you were six months ago. Yeah, that yeah, makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Um, I think Elon Musk said something like, um, aim, for, aim to do it in six years. Yeah. And if you don't do it in six years, at least you'd be way better off than what you will be now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I want to, we're not far off getting to go ahead on the project that's mm-hmm. going to be quite interesting mm-hmm. can't really talk about it too much at the yeah, moment, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it will be very interesting it comes off and that is the start of the future for Punchline mm. so again it's kind of hard yeah, not to yeah, talk about it as exciting as I am I will leave, tell you leave, off, leave it no, a bit of enigma yeah, anyway I will tell you <laughs> off the camera but it's um, it's to do with my training to, to do with what I'm doing mm. but kind of just on a bigger scale mm. um, and if it does come off, then it's, it's the start and it's something happy. And I'll be able to be as creative or as wild or as funky and mm. designs and builds as I want to be. So nice. that's all I'm going to say. About yeah, that yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are big plans. Yeah. And I'm very, very excited. Um, I'm very excited with the two boys I got with me, Will Connery and Jordan Mann. Um, mm. Like, they're with me pretty much every single day. I know Will's pulled off on his own now and gone self-employed hmm. but he's with me a lot of the time anyway so yeah. them guys they just ride the storm they ride the storm with me i ask them to work hours they're there they don't they don't moan about it they might not like it but they never show me <laughs> and it is a team and that's what we're trying to build here it's not hmm. um not just a team of people but a family yeah, yeah. and i would bend over backwards take a bullet for people if they would like do the same for me and i think it's very important to be behind pushing your team forward hmm rather than being in front, uh, sorry, rather than working the trigger letter there for you. Yeah, yeah. It's very important, and everybody has their role, and they know that they've got to pull together and get it done right. It's interesting you said about that, actually, because you've got leadership and you've got management, and I think people think when they become a manager that they're instantly a leader, and that's not not actually the the case. I mean, leadership, management you can learn, you know, you can learn how to manage people and to, you know, manage processes and... You know, timelines or like whatever you know it is like or deadlines and things like that but leadership is it's like traits within you and I think you can learn you can kind of learn to become a better leader mm-hmm. but I think you've already got to have those in like in like those uh, traits and characteristics yeah. Yeah. in you already to to actually be a leader and to take the you know to take charge and you know, like you said, but they're about cracking the whips. I think that's like a lot of the time that is somebody with a manager, you know, somebody who's trying to manage people, but you're not inspiring people. I think if you lead with inspiration, so if people can see the vision that you've got, you know, and they're on board with your vision, you know, that becomes down to your why. We've spoken about this, haven't we? Like uh, Simon Sinek again. The book. 
Yeah, start with what? Yeah, start with why. So people listening and watching, start with why Simon Sinek. You can also watch his TED talk. Yeah, I think it's TED talks. Um, literally just type in Simon Sinek. Start with why. You know, and this this literally, you know, have like you said, but there, right? The more of the motivation. Once you've got clarity of vision, that's essentially what your why is, isn't yeah. it? Do you know what I mean? It's like not just what you've got planned for the future, but why you exist, what your values are, and then you know, t- tailoring. Tailoring all of your goals and your actions and the stuff you do day to day, align to, to to align it essentially with your values because you will just you'll just go sh- you know, shooting forward realistically. It's a lot more powerful. Mm. I've noticed that the motivation. People get on board with it as well. Like, yeah. you know I mean? like the team and stuff. So like it's easy to. Don't lead. get me wrong. We we all have days where it's raining outside. We don't want to get up for work, or mm. we might have had one or two glasses of red more than what we should have the night before. Mm. But in general, as soon as you sort of see clarity, you put a plan together, you write it out, mm. you visualize where you're going to be, you know, work hard every day, work honestly every day, and you will you will get to where you want to be, one hundred percent. Right, no, we said write the plan and stuff. Let's for the people listening watching. What's what would you advise in terms of you know if they like for somebody who's listening now who may um, may have a business already, maybe they've just started or they're looking at setting up a business. Yeah. What would you say is like a good, I don't know, like a plan or a guideline to follow in terms of like what they can, what they can do now? So like you said, maybe keep, you know, obviously keeping daily lists, maybe like a to do list every single night or for the next day, or whether it's, you know, like obviously we, you know nobody can see this, but you've got the calendar this year. Yeah. You know, you've got different things in the calendar for like when COVID, COVID, COVID. COVID, COVID. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, like what would you say a good process is that have worked for you? Um, if that makes sense. Connections. Okay. Connections, networking. Mm. Always um, just network like mad. Mm. There's always, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And if you get given an opportunity and you don't know how to do it, say yes, take the job on, but tell them I can't be there for two weeks, three weeks, six months, whatever it is. That gives you time to practice and learn mm. and, and seek advice from other people. Always, always, to start off with, like, I didn't, I still, it's still not a massive factor. Obviously, you need money in mm. business and we, we, unfortunately, we need money to live. Mm. Like, pretty much with a tax man, every breath of air you take, you're probably getting taxed with it somewhere. Yeah, yeah. But focus on your product. Make sure your product's good. Make sure your skill set's good. Mm. Um, your knowledge, just really, like, be your craft, be your trade, whatever you are, be that person mm. and just wear it everywhere you go and get known for it. Mm. And it is, it is an all or nothing. If you want to do well, it is all or nothing. Mm. There's no in-betweens, there's no grey areas, it's black or white. Mm. You have to go after it. But stay focused. You will get lost on the long line. Mm. You, and if you want to do well, you will hit that patch where you burn out. It will happen to everybody, mm. 100%. But talk to people. Talk to people about it. Um, everybody goes through the same. Like I've been through it. My friends have been through it. Um, it, it. It is what it is. You've got to go through it. Yeah. Um, so focus on the branding. Yeah. Um, is massive because I started the brand, and I actually got the ideas off a car program that we were watching. The guy <laughs> had a really good brand, and later on in life, he was able to put that brand to other things like yeah. tequila, cards, um, energy drinks. Um, restaurants but it was all the same brand mm. and I've always thought but I mean if I started a brand I always wanted to um, my vision's changed a little bit now but I always wanted to like open a coffee shop or have some sort of food venue or something like that so mm. I always thought I could take the punchline brand yeah. and just potentially like, 
punchline coffee or something. Yeah, yeah. But then um, another important subject I'd like to touch up on is don't spread yourself too thinly mm. because wanting to do this, that, and the other and become the modern day entrepreneur, you sort of lose sight of your one thing that you're good at. Mm. And I think if you get very, very good at your one thing, other things later on in life might you know, fall into place. But you have to get really, really good at one thing. Well, I, we, we both listened to the... Yeah, I don't, did you read it or listen to it, that book, The One Thing? Yes, yeah. Read it, did you? Yeah. Yeah, you read it, I listened to it. Yeah, Gary Keller, The One Thing. Plug in John Thomas for this as well. Yeah, he, he, I think he recommended it. He's literally just drumming into me all the time. You've got to read this, you've got to read that. It's I know. Thanks, JT, really good book. Yeah, likewise, I was going to say, for me, it was a bit of a... I think we read this conversation, didn't we? For me, it was a bit of a, a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. Because that is exactly what I've always done. I've always tried spreading myself thin. I still do it to a certain extent, but I'm less concerned. Like I don't get on on my own back about stuff if I'm not doing it anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like I'll um, and also I'll say no to things. I am starting to learn to say no to things. Like if, for example, somebody comes up to me with a, a big, you know, a big a business idea or something, yeah, yeah. I will if I don't vibe it, I will literally say I'm not doing it. Sorry, yeah. you know, or I have a time. I don't want to do it. I'm, and you know, I'm kind of upfront about it. Whereas before, I used to maybe like entertain it and try and take it on and stuff like that. And I think. Now I'm a bit more kind of upfront, but if it's something I really want to do, I'm like, oh yeah, actually it's cool. Let's, you know, this this let's give it a go and stuff. Um, but again, yeah, I, I, I definitely, definitely try to spread, spread myself too thin. I think that's that's we're a good all, point. We're, we're all guilty of it. We've mm. all done it. We all probably will do it again. But it is just just seek that clarity. Honestly, I know I keep saying seek it, but as soon as you get it, it's so powerful because it makes all these other ideas and thoughts and stuff that. You kind of want to do, and it's really exciting because you will. As soon as you start, um, as soon as you start, sort of feel like you're getting somewhere and things are falling into place, you might have people popping up. Excuse the pun, but it would work. Um, <laughs> I want to invest and do this, that, and the other. Yeah, yeah. And then you've got to think like, is it what I really want? Is the plan that you set is doing this going to get me to there quicker, or is it going to like sort of misguide me away and go on this other route and I'm going to lose focus of what I want to do mm. so it's very important that you know this is where I want to be up there mm. in this area and go after it because if that's not part of where you want to be then it's it's a waste of time yeah yeah I think also, once, like you said once you've got that vision I think you can I think personally I think you're able to juggle a few things but I think they've got to be very very closely aligned with your overall grand vision yeah. and that's what I've realised now is when I'm if I'm doing I don't know, a couple of things at once, they're all serving the same kind of, I don't want to say purpose, but the same vision almost. So how I perceive my future and how I perceive the things that I want to do and where I want to be in a couple of years from now, all of those things, all of the things that I'm doing, essentially, they all feed into that, even though they are different. And I think that's important. Like, I think um, Veronica, actually, um, she... I don't know if you've seen this, but there's a there's TED Talks or a TEDx talk, I think, in maybe Manchester or something. And, you know, she really resonated with her, really resonated with me and a few others, where she's basically saying that she would, you know, explore a passion. So she'd have a passion or an interest for something. Yeah. It turned into a passion and she'd love it and she'd be, you know, flat out, balls to the wall, going at whatever it is, right? Whether it's like, I don't know, running or whatever, or whether it's related to work, for example, a specific yeah. job. Um, she'd be balls to the wall, and then after a couple of weeks, couple couple of months, she'd go bored of this now, actually, or she or not so much bored of it, but it would fizzle out, you yeah. know, the little spark about it, and then she'd go on to something else. And I think you know, you, you you know, with parents, the typical thing they would say is like, oh, you know, like my father says it to me, you know, you're constantly doing different things, you know, it's 
maybe like totally different maybe from the stuff that you've done before you need to kind of focus on one job or this and that and what she essentially says is she went out then and she never she always felt a bit weird a bit different in that sense like she never felt like she wanted to be just one thing yeah. like for example when you're a kid you say like oh what do you want to be when you're older fireman astronaut something it's implying that it's just one thing because yeah. you only give one answer whereas i think it, that that should shift now i think we should be encouraging not 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 with everybody it's not going to be everyone's thing but i think we should encourage people to potentially have a few different things so like you for example now you obviously played into crossfit massively before now although that's not a job it's still something else there's like another string to your bow almost because yeah. you could then go if you didn't decide you didn't want to do carpet anymore you could probably go and be uh, if you you know if you go back into it a little bit you could go and be a crossfit coach or something like that because you know you'd have to do you'd have to do your qualifications to do it yeah but um yeah it's not like saying i'm gonna go and be a brain surgeon or a jet pilot fighter or something like that. You have to be realistic as well. That yeah, hundred percent. That's it. I mean, what she did in that video, she went uh, in the TED talk. She was explaining that she went and actually found people and she put a call out online. She found other people that were like her. So she met like I don't know a doctor, for example, who also is a like professional harp player or something like that. You know, who also is a I don't know like a linguist you know he speaks like you know does like Spanish tutoring online you know just things like that right. those are just examples but that's pretty much what she was doing you know what people were like that she was speaking to so she realized then there are actually people out there which are kind of multidisciplinary almost so they I think that's the right way of putting it you know they're not they're not just one thing they're not just the doctor they're yeah. also x y and z and that gave me a lot of confidence then to think well do you know what actually like all the stuff I've been doing is like some things are quite opposing, you know, in some respect. But it's that that's the one I like. I I find I'm work I work better when I'm trying to do a good few different things at once. But again, you know, they've got to be aligned with your true yeah. value, your true goal and mission. Otherwise, you will get lost along the yeah. way, and you're almost you've got that kind of internal conflict within yourself. I think then because you're not like, well, am I this thing or am I this other thing? Do you know what I mean? Like, and I think you're you're constantly. Yeah. A lot, of time, the a lot of time with with a lot of people, um, I've done it myself as well at the time, it's process of elimination because you think, oh, I'm going to try this, this seems cool. And you get into it and you might take a few goals. Obviously, the first time you try anything, you're going to suck. Unless mm. you're a general, nat- uh, general natural, you're going to suck. So you think, okay, I suck today, mm. I'm going to go back, try it again. It might take a few goals to think, you know what? It's not just today I suck, I just suck <laughs> point blank at this. So I'm not going to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. But it, like you have to enjoy what you do it, mm-hmm. so it, it just takes takes some t- time to, to, to figure it out. We've said that as well about the, the you know uh, well there's a quote by Bruce Lee. It's not the daily increase, but the daily decrease. So I think a lot of us are trying to add things into our lives. We're always kind of adding extra bits and bobs, yeah. and you know as we go along. And I think it's important to kind of realize like it's not. It's le- it's less about the like what you accumulate on the or like you know what you add into your life, but like you said, it's more about stripping away the things that oh, don't yeah, bring you life. peace, don't bring you like you know like happiness, which don't bring you financial success, whatever it is that you're you know you want you know, the ideal con- conditions and circumstances you want in your life. You've got to strip away of all of those other things, but you've got to experience them first, haven't you? You've got to yeah. go through like you said the shit. You've got to yeah. meet the be in the bad relationships, so you've got to. Um, I don't know, set up the business with the wrong people, whatever it is, do you know what I mean? Like that, you know, you've got to do those things to really start to mould what what you love as a person or what you what you enjoy doing. And I think that for me is where how you achieve. I don't know success, but I think that's how you achieve like 
consistent happiness. You know, I think, you know, you can start to, like you said, take away all of those things that don't bring you peace and happiness and things. And you like, you just leave the stuff in that does. And that's how you can, essentially, you're increasing your chances of consistent happiness then by doing that. You're making life more simple. Yeah. And if you, like, a simple life is a happy life. So mm-hmm. you've got less crap going on, less angles, people are coming at you, different angles, different things being thrown at you. Mm-hmm. And the, the more simple life is, the more you can just attack attack that area that you want to do well in. Mm-hmm. Spend time with your family and friends and don't get caught up in this sort of crap, crap that's going on that we all tend to get caught up in. The minimalism. Um, same thing again, isn't it? Like you, know, like you said, take, stripping away, making a, you know, you're essentially creating a simple life for yourself. Like if you've got, I don't know, one white t-shirt but you've got you know, one type of white t-shirt you've got fucking 50 of them or something like that or you've got one cup of you know cup for cups of tea or one glass like your one one aspect of it is you're reducing variety and i think variety creates that kind of split mindset almost it's burning you're, you're burning in your, your thought process you're burning energy just by having to put all of these mental cycles or brain cycles essentially as elon musk, musk would put it into like what you want to wear and what outfit you're going to put on and things like that like it, i think there's nothing wrong with that but I think when you do strip it back and you just keep, like, you just have a consistent kind of wardrobe and consistent, like, um, to just strip away everything essentially. So you don't have some wardrobe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Spot yeah. on. Like, it. it's, um, and they say that minimalists are very, very happy. Like, they do, you know, feel a lot happier within themselves because yeah. they're stripping away at all of the unessential stuff and all of the excess in their lives. Yeah. And they're just sticking with the kind of the bare minimum that they feel like they need. And they don't have any other access. Um, like Elon Musk, I mean, what he's doing now for the people who haven't listened to the latest Joe Rogan podcast, obviously he's selling all his so houses. Stuff. Yeah, so sell those houses and his yeah. stuff. He's keeping what little bits and bobs, but essentially, you know, like you said, he said, he was like, I'd rather, I don't need all this extra stuff. And I think, you know, it's, I think he's going down that minimalist route. I think he's him back. Yeah, should have told you back. 100%. Yeah, because you're afraid to lose them or you feel like you need to lose things. And I suppose with him, if he's just renting a house, you know, it doesn't, yeah, he doesn't need possessions and stuff like that. He doesn't, you know, I I don't know. He's just 100 years ahead of all of us, isn't he, in terms of mindset. And he can also afford to buy anything back 10 times over if he wanted. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, he's um, he's a special individual, that's for sure. Mm. I'd say he's a a modern-day Leonardo da Vinci. 100%. Yeah, modern day, but no, yeah, Nikola Tesla or Da Vinci. I think, I think what he, you know what he's a blend of Thomas Edison and um, Te- Tesla. I think you know because he's got the the crazy creativity of Nikola Tesla, um, but I think he's come at the right time. He's not like I think Nikola Tesla and his the way he thought was ahead of his time. The same as Da Vinci. I think they were way ahead of the technology uh, you know and the mindsets of other people at their time. But like with Elon Musk. Although he is ahead of us, do you know what I mean, in terms of his mindset, I think the technology is there now. It's actually creeping into the era yeah. of the technology where he's able to create these amazing things and bring them into fruition. But like he's got that craziness, but he's also got the business acumen of, say, for example, like Thomas Edison, which is what Tesla didn't have. You know, for I don't know if you know this, but Tesla, um, you know, he, I think, was it, was it sponsor? I think he was sponsored or employed by one of like the leading guys from like the railway back in the day, like you know, Great Western Railway or whatever it would, you know, it would have been called. Uh, that was after he got kicked out, I think, from you know, Thomas Edison's company because he created, you know, he was trying to create ultimate, alternating yeah, current, yeah. wasn't he? And Thomas Edison wasn't having any of it because he wanted direct current and his, his invention. 
Um, but you know, when he got kicked out, I think that that guy from the, the railway, where he wanted to invest in, so I think he was paying him. I think it worked out right. It was like forty grand a year he was paying him. Right? Bear in mind, what well, when was te- like Tesla around eight, late eighteen hundreds? He would have been a millionaire. Yeah, you know, it was yeah. unbelievable. Forty thousand a year was like a massive amount. Mm. But he was also going to pay him. I think it worked out right. Well, I can't remember exactly, but it worked out like maybe maybe like two, a couple of pence per kilowatt of energy sold. I think it maybe worked like two pence per kilowatt of energy sold. So if you think about how many kilowatts of energy have, you know, have been pro- like processed right the way across the world through alternating currents since that date, yeah. he would have been the richest man on the planet by, by, by like unbelievable amounts. Just because the, but that, but the issue was he didn't have the business acumen to kind of say, to, to get the contract in place. So he said, but it was essentially a royalty. He was like, I'm going to pay you 40,000 a year. And as a royalty, you get 2%, two, two pence per kilowatt or something mm-hmm. like that. But then, because the money wasn't coming in uh, set, you know, initially as fast as he wanted, he kind of, he, he said, oh, actually, with the royalties, we'll have to you know, pay him as and when, or we backdate it, you know, just something like that. He kind of fobbed him off. And Nikola Tesla was so focused on the creative, creative aspect of his work, you know, and what he was doing, he didn't care about the money. So he didn't, put, he didn't push for it, he didn't get a contract for it and stuff like that. Uh, and he never received it. You know, and he actually died a very poor man, from what yeah. I understand. Um, you know, and it, yeah, if he had actually, if he'd actually kept his, you know, got, got a contract, he would have been unbelievable. Yeah. The richest man ever. You know what I mean? It was, it was sad, but like you said, you know, I think Elon Musk is the, he's not like the type of person to get caught up like that. You know, he's got that business acumen. He's got that kind of hard mindset as well as the creative aspect, which is very rare. Times have changed though with like, Contracts and solicitors and lawsuits and stuff as well. Like, mm. I don't think they had that stuff in place back back in those days. No, no, no. I think it's it's definitely changed for the better. Um, it'd be interesting to see everything he creates. So I know I've seen an article or been sent an article by uh, Lee. That happens, Lee Davis. Um, he has. I think he's put he's put uh, chips. No, he's put Neuralink chips into pigs' brains. On pigs' brains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's put them into pigs' brains. Um, so that's obviously the first stage of trials. Yeah. And I, I can't, I can't, I don't know what he's, I, I, I think the results have been really, really good. So essentially you're talking, if he's doing animal trials now, human trials is probably not that far behind. I think you know, you're talking maybe 2025. 20, probably half the 10 years ago in China. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So people are strapped up there and be like, Zzz. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. He's a very interesting guy. But um, everybody's interested in their own ways, wasn't they? Oh, it's got their little absolutely. creative spark. Yeah. You know, you just got to explore it. And I think, uh, like you said, don't get don't get caught up doing whatever it is you're doing work wise and stuff like that. Um, or don't don't work yourself into the ground and leave your creativity run dry. I think we all, as we get older, we start to use creativity less and less. When you're a kid, it's, it's great. Well, that's, scary. that's scary to take the gambles and stuff. Um, the older we get, we sort of get a little bit set in our ways and a little bit too comfortable mm. like I hope I never get too comfortable I hope I just keep striving for the next thing yeah. I probably will it's just something that's drummed into me from a young age just to keep wanting to sort of you never put a video game on and want to play to get to level one you always want to get to level two then level three and then you're going to beat that bad guy and then mm. get on to the next level and then complete the game once you've completed that game there's a second when it comes out that's the way I see life mm. like you've got to keep going through the levels you never turn turn on just to get to level one you've got to get right the way through it 
Do you know that's a really fun. interesting way to look at it, man. It's actually mm-hmm. yeah, constantly striving. Like I think, and everybody is the same as well. You know, most people are constantly striving for some sort of betterment right the way through. Like I think you know, and, and it's part of human nature to do that. But I think it also adds. I would. Say, I think it increases your chances of happiness and stuff like that when you do that. I think it, I've read something about this before. You know, when you're really when you're moving forward, when you're progressing, when you're achieving. You know, again, I think it's like the serotonin release or whatever that you know you get in your brain, uh, or serotonin production or dopamine, something like that. One of them, anyway. You know, essentially, it's uh, it feels good to be moving forward, and I think it's you know it starts to build up that momentum. Then, when you especially when you see in the fruits of your labor coming, you know, coming together, it starts to give you that kind of you know if you look at it as a fire, you know, a fire, a wildfire will start as a small spark and then it keeps spreading and spreading and spreading in all directions. You know, and as it gets bigger, it picks up more momentum, and I think that's what like when you've got clarity and vision, and when you've got your kind of your goal and you're moving forward in that direction. I think that fire, that wildfire, it spreads and it just moves faster and faster and faster. And I think that's the beauty of momentum. If you can, if you can really get catch momentum, you know, you're 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 laughing. It's a powerful thing. It is indeed. There's a good book on that actually. Compound effect. You've read that as well, didn't you? Uh, no. You haven't read it. No. Mm. Compound effect. Good book. If uh, you're listening. Watching, um, I think you know what, John Thomas again, <laughs> he's the one, yeah, he recommended me. That, it's like actually. a librarian, he is like a librarian, <laughs> yeah. No, great book, though, actually. It's, it's about finances, but it's also mostly about just momentum, you know, the yeah. compound effect in life, not just within finances. You know, once you hit that kind of big mo, as he calls it, big momentum, you know, just keep on pushing, keep on riding the wave, and that's what people like. You know, Elon Musk has done with Tesla. You know, Jeff Bezos has done with Amazon. Like they've hit momentum. They've kept going and kept riding that wave almost. Um, it is. I think it's difficult to do that, but you know, like you said, capitalize on the situation. That's it. Keep going. Capitalize on it. Indeed, sir. Indeed. I think we've been waffling for a while, haven't we? How long do you reckon that's been? What's that now? We've been waffling for a while. How long do you reckon we've been on you? Hour. In terms of like in terms of social media and stuff like that, do you want to like the people listening and watching? Do you want to plug in anything, any kind of message or anything you know, any social media and stuff like that? Um, yeah, sure. Anything? So the the business account mm. punchline bespoke carpentry uh, on on the Instagram. Mm. Um, unfortunately, Facebook stopped us changing mm. our name, so it's punchline custom interiors on Facebook. Okay. Um, and if you want to follow me personally, it's at the underscore wolf underscore of underscore wood mm-hmm. the wolf of wood and I'll uh, yeah I'll put all the links in the uh, in the comment well, on Instagram on you know Facebook and stuff like that as well and it'll be on YouTube Spotify etc etc uh, is there anything you want to say to people like is there a kind of a one key message that you want to you know spread to somebody you know, whoever's listening right now um, anything you know, really. dream big mm-hmm. work hard stay focused and surround yourself with good people. Love that. Absolute pleasure having you, my friend. Thank you very much. Cheers. Cheers, guys.